0: I did the workout, drove out of the gym and couldn't see properly. And I'm driving a car, I'm like I've just got to get to the servo and then I'll get some orange juice. I'll get some blood sugar back in my mm. system. Collapsed on the floor, heart rate, super low, blood pressure through the floor. No one would help me. They were all looking at me like I was some sort of drug addict. And I'm, I'm saying, I need help. No one would help me. They just stood behind there. I'm like five really? foot two. I'm so not intimidating.
1: You are entering the Age Rebels Revolution,
0: the intelligent podcast for over 40s who want to live their best life and defy your numbers. We are your hosts, Summer Bentley
1: and Isaac Xavier.
0: Come on in. Today we're discussing the power of doing less and our own personal experiences with this. We're both overachievers and find it quite difficult to just sit and be. As soon as Isaac and I stop, the brain starts downloading ideas and new creations. Lots of content and the task list and all of the things that we need to get done. Now, Isaac, I've heard you say many times, I gotta go, I need to get stuff done.
1: Yeah. <laughs> a lot.
0: And then I'm always saying I don't have time for that, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> We've both suffered the consequences of doing too much. I know that you have and I certainly mm. have. But I have found a way to balance the doing and the being. Are you ready to get stuck in?
1: Yes, ma'am.
0: <laughs> All right, Isaac, I'm going to throw it to you first though. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about the busiest time in your life. What ended up happening through that time and what it cost you?
1: Well, the first one was when I had my own personal training studio and six months into setting that up, that was so much work, training people all day, doing all the admin, just running the show. And I ended up in hospital with a blown disc in my neck, maybe having, having, having to have an operation and it was due to just overwork. And then I got tipped over the edge where, um, one very good intending practitioner did a wrong adjustment and blew a disc in my neck, was ready to go anywhere. I'm not going to blame him, but he sort of tipped it over the edge. So that was, and I just had to stop lay in bed in the hospital bed for 10 days Doing nothing, which was middle of winter in July. I was just in there going, "Oh, this is kind of nice." <laughs> <laughs> that would have been especially in and my Melbourne. Poor, my poor manager. I'd, I'd call him, and he'd be like, "Oh God, this is really hard work." I was, "Yeah, I know."
0: <laughs> so you had your own business at that point. Yeah, you were the sole employee. Uh,
1: is that right? I had a few trainers working for me.
0: Oh wow! Yeah,
1: yeah, had a few trainers. This is back in nineteen ninety four.
0: I think I might've just graduated year 12.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So I look, I had the support of my family and the clients were great, but it was just a massive workload. And I remember walking, waking up and I thought, you know, I can't really move my right arm and that's about a 12 out of 10 pain, but I still got in my car, drove to the studio and was picking up weights with the other hand. And my clients went, what are you doing? Stop. You're just on this go, go, go. And then, one of my clients was my GP, and he said, Go and get it x rayed. And then he called me and said, Can you just go and lie down? Don't make any sharp movements. <gasps> he said, If something, if you don't, it's serious. You could actually really cause some serious damage and permanent nerve damage. And so he said, Just go home and lie down and, and, see if it, it, the pain goes away. So I was painkillers, all that sort of stuff and ended up there. I couldn't really look after myself and people were really kind They said, come and stay with me. And I'm like, no, nah, I'll just go to hospital, lie there. And then I know it's all. And so in 10 days, and it took about four months to really, really recover.
0: Yeah, that's really interesting. So I, that was going to be my next question of that recovery process, but let's just deep dive a little bit Mm. into what was going on specifically in your life before that happened, because you're so meticulous about how you move your body. I know even back then, you've always been really careful about what you do. You've always delved into the mastery of movement Mm. from a very early age. So what, what was going on in your life at the time that caused so much pressure and forced you to have to
1: stop? Well, what I found out, I was in a state of permanent um, hyperextension, lumbar oh. neck, where I looked. I looked back at photos, and, and I looked actually quite military rigid, and that would have been from all the challenges and tri- traumas and stuff in childhood, all also falling off the cliff, that sort of thing. And I went to see a Feldenkrais physio, and he showed me. He said, "You just—it's like someone has just put an electric shock in your whole." posterior chain of your muscles and you're just in this arched and he was amazing he just got me to completely soften and instead of being very linear and rigid I was just very what I call you go from tidy whitey to salsa
0: <laughs> you're so salsa
1: <laughs> yeah but I was so, but I was really tight then and, and so that was it was actually I can Completely changed the way I train and train people. That was the first transformation of my training to be a lot more like nature, circle, smooth, not grit, go hard. And so, you know, yeah, that it, was the perfection such... was softness rather than getting it right. I was very rigid.
0: Yeah, that's incredible and such an insight. But what I'm thinking, like I'm visualizing this really leaning back and then thinking about what you just said about how you fell off the cliff when you were 10 And that's a forward motion, right? So it makes sense to me that your body would feel fearful about being in that forward state and that it would throw you backwards to keep you from falling off the edge of Mm. things. That makes
1: a lot of sense. Well, when I fell off, I fell backwards. Oh,
0: did you? Yeah. Oh, that's worse.
1: Yeah, because I decided to let go because I actually decided in that split second, I'm going (gasps) to pull my brother with me and probably pick – and collect my younger brother. He was below me. Oh gosh. All three of us end at the bottom of the cliff. So it was just that split second. You know, when you, you, you don't decide it's a decision that's made and you just act.
0: Wow. Yeah. And so
1: I just let go. And so I fell backwards and landed between two rocks on my right side.
0: Oh my goodness. How, <clears throat> how far was the fall again? 10 meters. Yeah. yeah. And did you know that there was anything beneath you or not? Could you see, you couldn't see anything? No, I
1: blacked out. Gosh. I woke up and thought, this is a really weird dream.
0: Oh, I can imagine. Yeah. You would think that too.
1: If you love our podcast as much as we love you listening, share it with your friends.
0: Well, So let's go back to, mm. you know, the power of doing less. Yes. So you were forced to stop. And what yep. actually came up for you in that 10 days of almost solitude? I mean, you get interrupted a lot at hospital, but you couldn't be proactive. You couldn't be active. You had to be still. What came through for you in that time?
1: Well, it was about receiving because that's the wonderful thing about some of these drugs. Not that I say people should go on them, but I had such bad muscle spasms. They were giving me plenty of Valium, and I was like, "Oh, this is like, <laughs> this is really Keep nice." Yeah. So I was on Valium, and so people were bringing me stuff, and it was I was and I oh. I, I was really quite chuffed. I thought, wow, all these people really care. Like they were bringing me food and flowers and all sorts of things. And, and they also could not believe they, they'd come in and you see the shock in their face. Like, this is not you. Like mm. we've never seen you other than like one person said, it's like, well, you're, you're actually now a demigod. You're not a god. You're now a demigod. You know, We actually thought you were absolutely indestructible. And that's the persona you put out.
0: Yeah, that's true, so. It isn't
1: was it? to receive, ask for help, and very much with my posture, not to be so rigid with it. That yeah. was the problem. I'd been so rigid. I'd straightened my neck so much that it no longer had a curve. Oh, I'd actually straightened it. Yeah, but- <laughs> <laughs> through pure force of will. <laughs>
0: That's a hell of a lot of will. <laughs> Crazy
1: things we do. Well, that's incredible. And yeah. how
0: does that, so you did, when you went back to work, did you implement the doing, like you're talking about the softness, but did you back off on the efforting?
1: Uh, for the most part, but it was still that, that driver that mm. took me decades to actually address. So it, yeah. That, when
0: did that transition for you and, and how does that show up for you now?
1: Uh, well, I still have to be very aware of it when, you know, when you're walking along and you don't have to have such tension or you don't have to walk as fast, oh, i I'm so know that always just gentle. And it's interesting. I trained two uh, women this week and it was, I was saying the similar things to them. One had, um, severe neck pain and also this, um, chest pain from, um, muscular dis like spasms and things. And the other one, she'd like both real high achievers and both were in that hyper extended state a little mm. bit, especially one of them. And I said to them, so, and I mentioned that I said, notice how it's like, I described like tidy whitey or salsa. I don't know what tidy white uh, tidy is. Tidy is like, you can imagine it's you watch a white person and people don't get all racist and all this. Like a white person, we're quite stiff and rigid it's compared to yeah. compared to if you have a look how African Americans move, oh, yeah. how the South Americans move. It's all oh, circular yeah. and it, it's very grounded the way it's they that, move. Oh, it's almost like
0: they come out <clears> of the womb <throat> like that. They just yeah. know.
1: <laughs> yeah. If you have a look at extreme ballroom dancing, that's kinda of like tidy waddy
0: Oh, okay, yes. Yeah, very, very rigid, rigid. up. Yes. And
1: Clothes all time, and compared to that, salsa, move, smooth, smooth. So
0: true. I haven't thought of that. So,
1: uh, what I spoke to them about is just, just take a moment and breathe out. Don't it's like the, instead of take a deep breath in. It's like no, breathe out because that's when we relax. That's when the heart rate goes down. Our heart rate variability goes up when we we breathe out, and just be mindful of not over-efforting. And I spoke to them, both would speak like this, very up in their face. And I said, so that's treble. Now let's go down to bass. Bring that bass, baby. And one, actually one client this morning, because she's terrible um, neck issues just recently. She said, I haven't had these for years. And it was due to stress and everything. And I, I said to her, I, I like to use images. And I said, so do you want to sound like Cindy Lauper or Whitney Houston? <laughs> and she went, oh, Whitney. And so, And I spoke to her husband and I so, said, just gently, like, don't nag her, but just say, hey, where's Whitney? We don't want, not, you know, Cyndi Lauper, I like her music and all that sort of thing. But it's instead of being up in your nose and up here where it's not grounded, come down to soulful bass. So when you're speaking, speak slower because when you're speaking really fast, your mouth breathe, head goes forward, neck tension. as soon as you get neck tension, which you know all about, <laughs> um, <clears throat> you just lose a lot of energy. So cut a long story short. It's very much about being more grounded, more soft, and just reminding myself, I don't need to have so much t- tension in my body to do stuff. Just be more relaxed.
0: So that in itself is doing less by removing the tension and being able to just step Mm. into each moment. That's been a huge wake up call for me over the last five years, particularly I continue to get reminders. So you and I are very uh, attuned to our health and it's our priority each day. We wake up with that on our mind. We go to bed with that on our mind. It is our priority and our love and our passion and our goal of helping people over 40 to live their best life is because of that love, passion and drive. However, we are also huge fans based on having walked the walk, being high achievers of finding the presence in each moment. And I have most certainly found that my productivity, my clarity and my ability to roll things out is Amplified when I am mm. present and not carrying that tension, which is technically doing less. You're not carrying the load of yeah. what's going ahead of you, what was behind you. You were just in the moment. But I
1: does um, your busyness like you, like yeah. you, and we've both done this, but especially where running several businesses, and it was almost like. A badge of honor. This I'm busy, busy, busy. Yeah, it yeah.
0: was. And and that really was my undoing many years ago. So it I didn't realise it at the time. I felt You know, based on my upbringing and wanting to break out of that social paradigm that I must just get married and have children and that's all I'm meant to be in my life. And I really just rebelled against that in such a way that it became a badge of honor to be busy. And I equated busyness with success and it is absolute success is actually doing less and still earning more, you know, so there's the power of doing less right there. But it was, it became a rite of passage for me. And then there was this big rah-rah campaigning about do the work. And and yes, you need to do the work, but it doesn't mean you need to kill yourself doing the work. You can be present and take one step at a time. They don't tell you that bit. You have to figure it out from, you know, the school of hard knocks. But I was destroying my nervous system. I was destroying my relationships. I didn't have time for friendships. And yeah, my poor husband, you know, was sort of left... On the side, we just didn't have time for each other because I was always busy, busy, busy. I was mm. in the office getting stuff done. What I was doing, i got no idea because the business got there anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but then uh, about five years ago now, I did have a, a moment where I was at the gym doing pretty much nothing. It was just lunges with dumbbells, mm. which I mm. find very easy. And I couldn't stop shaking. I had no – I couldn't even hold these really light dumbbells. And I was thinking, Whoa. I'm not okay. What's wrong with me? But – I persisted. I'm like, I'm getting this workout. I was dogmatic. I'm getting this. I did Mm. not listen. What I should have done is put down the damn dumbbells and I don't feel okay. I'm going to go home today, which is what I do now. But no, I did the workout, drove out of the gym and couldn't see properly. And I'm driving a car. I've just got to get to the servo and then I'll get some orange juice. I'll get some blood sugar back in my
1: Mm. system.
0: Collapsed on the floor. Heart rate, super low. Blood pressure through the floor. No one would help me they were all looking at me like I was some sort of drug addict and I'm, I'm saying I need help. No one would help me. They just stood behind there. I'm like five really? foot two. I'm so not intimidating. And I, mean, you're walked, everything. You I was dressed like nicely druggy. straight from the, from the gym, mm. no track marks, all my teeth, <laughs> no, no sores on my face. And um, I was appalled at human behavior mm. in, in that moment. So it was a kind of a light bulb moment. I will never, ever be that person. I will no. always lean in. Mm-hmm. And I had to call my mum and she got me to the doctors urgently and I honestly thought I was going to die that day. My heart rate was extraordinarily low. My blood pressure was dangerously low and it took me, oh, my gosh, months for me to be able to live a day without severe heart palpitations and then it took me four years (laughs) to be able to build back uh, the level of – mental clarity and participation in life that I had beforehand. But I am i will never be the same again. I, I know the exact moment when I'm burning out and it feels like an element of life force starts to leave your body. Yeah. But this now I listen and I'm like, okay, what do I need to eliminate? What needs to be done now and what actually can be left mm. or doesn't need to be done at all? And really calming my system down and my focus shifts from getting stuff done to being immediately because I know I never want to go through that again. But it's interesting because you and I are leaders in this arena. We are passionate about what we do in health and Mm. fitness and teaching people to live their best life. And we're so committed to living a long, vital life and not buying into the paradigm that you have to deteriorate as you age, as you say. We... Dr. Wayne Dyer said years ago, when you have big dharma, you get big dharma. Yeah. And I didn't <laughs> wow. know what that I meant.
1: I love that. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: But now I do. <laughs> and I, I uh, recently was um, given the MRI results of I have four out of six vertebrae in my neck prolapsed mm. or discs in my neck yeah. prolapsed. And I'd been in severe pain since the start of the year, but I just didn't give it air time. Mm. No, moving on, moving on, moving on until it it forced me to pay attention and I was yeah. here with you in this room
1: yeah.
0: with laying back on the chair, unable to participate in, in the podcast. podcast.
1: Yeah, You're in such pain.
0: I was in so much pain and nothing was helping. I can't take heavy painkillers because they make me very sick. And I was just letting the the top of the lip of the chair hold my head because it felt like it was 300 kilos. And that was my breaking point. And I knew at that <clears> moment then like you're taking the load of the podcast and I thought. I have to fix this. I have to find, I need to, I was scared to find out what it was because my dad's a quadriplegic and I'm like of all the areas of my body, my neck really.
1: (laughs) And that time when you got hit boxing and
0: stuff. Yeah. And that, that was a major catalyst. So the, the injury exists, but then I decided to do a boxing event, got hit in the face in sparring, which is stock standard and and Mm. felt my neck crack so loudly in my head that I thought I'd broken my neck. And then that, that got me to undo that commitment, which yeah. was great. I was I'm so pleased I listened. And then you said, thank God, I was so yeah. worried about you doing that. And yeah, what I've done as a result of that is I took myself away to Thailand for two weeks. And I did one week in a place called Chalong. It's like a three-star, all just gyms and protein bars. All I wanted to do was nourish myself. So I originally intended to do Muay Thai, but then with this diagnosis, I dropped it. I did no Muay Thai. I decided to keep moving. The reason I kept moving is I felt better, less pain when I moved my body. Okay. So I kept moving. I would think about your philosophies as well. Mm. I was very tempo movement, so it was very slow, considered. I lightened all my weights and I reduced all of my reps from 15, 12 to 15, down to six.
1: Yeah.
0: And so I would walk out of the gym feeling like I'd done nothing and felt completely satisfied for the first time. Mm. Usually I like a bit of... You know a bit of um, pressure pain, you know yeah. like good pain, not I'm not yeah. talking about pain, but just mm. knowing that feeling those muscles have really worked. I, yeah. I quite like that feeling, but I didn't want any of it. I had enough. Mm. What ended up happening, uh, I decided that I was going to spend the second week at a villa on the water, just solo and just be with myself, jump in and out of my private pool, and I had a butler. <laughs>
1: Nice. But it's low
0: season, so it was, you know, all very achievable. Yeah. And I've ended up losing two kilos on the scales, and it, I know it wasn't muscle because my muscles were popping.
1: You no, know, when you came back, you looked a lot leaner. Yeah, yeah. two
0: kilos mm-hmm. just by – I eat clean here. Yeah. You know, I wasn't drinking mm. over there, but, mm. yeah, just because – I was so relaxed. My nervous system had the opportunity to switch from sympathetic to parasympathetic, so rest and digest. I was getting an abundance of sleep. I was waking up in the morning, would go and get a coffee, sit in bed, journal, just really nourishing every part of myself. So the power of doing less is that even if you schedule in a couple of opportunities a year, that is so profound for your ability to regenerate, Mm. recuperate and just be honoured for the vessel that it is to have the rest and the space and the silence to just be and recalibrate or calibrate to what I call a higher order of health.
1: If you're ready to age young, discover the truth about accessing the fountain of youth and claiming your best ever health,
0: check out our beautiful website at agerebels.com.au where you will find freebies, programs and more.
1: How did you feel when you were in that space and it was soft, gentle, relax? Was there a war going on within you or oh did, you, did you feel okay?
0: That's such a great question. I would have felt that way 12 months ago. And Mm. prior, but I've really evolved in this last year and it's been a very deliberate intention this year to be a lot more intentional and deliberate. What that does mean is sometimes I come across as a bit of a hard ass because I have strong boundaries, but it's because I honour myself and I honour my health and I honour my time and space so that when, say, we go out for dinner, I can Mm. be 100% present because previously my head was already planning the next business or the next day or whatever it was and I wasn't 100% present. Now I can be completely present because I've created the boundaries so it feels like i'm doing less i have more energy at the end of the day but in actual fact my productivity has gone through the roof this week specifically last week was a very difficult integration pack because yeah. it was just all the things and i had to you know kind of like um when you leave the lawn grow too long and it's a yeah. bit of a struggle to get the yeah. lawn mower through it yeah it it felt like that <laughs> And then Sunday, I was right. I need to take my power back. I need to take my time back. I need to take my schedule back and mm. put it into an order, so that I can have that presence back in my life. Because I'm not leaving that in Thailand. I'm, i yeah. chose to bring that with me. Uh, so this week has been incredibly productive.
1: Well, the boundaries—that's something you really taught me. Because sometimes I'd be a bit of a sook and go get my nose put out, John. Oh, that was a bit me. <laughs> God. but it wasn't had anything to do with me. You know how you take stuff personally. Like get up yourself, buddy. Yeah. Where you'd say, "No, nah, I can't talk." To you, and you have these boundaries, and it's super healthy, like really, really good. And I've started to do that more myself because you know people have said, "Dude, you don't." Know, it's like it's not as though you you um your boundaries are porous; they're they're non-existent. Yeah. You want to always be, yeah. Whatever you want, yep, 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 yep. Just yes to everything.
0: Yeah, and you are a big giver, Yeah, and I think if you're a big – anyone listening that's a super, super big giver, it's this information is more important for you than mm. anybody because I was also a big giver. You know, I would have people in my house and all those things and lose time, lose space have my kitchen taken over, you know, all of those things that are actually quite impactful on the way that your day rolls out. But it's such a healthy thing. And people know also like my, um, one of my friends who's running my jewelry line, I said to her the other day, she rang me while I was at the gym and I messaged. I'm at the gym. I'm not answering because that was my gym time, solely my gym time. And then uh, she said, call me when you get out of gym. I said, I don't like being on the phone. It's inefficient send me a voice message and I'll respond. So I I like to just focus on the one thing now. Mm. If I am on the phone, it means it eliminates all this time I've got scheduled for the things that need to get done so I can spend time with my family at night. I don't want to be on the phone for 45 minutes no. talking about shit. Yeah. Yeah, I just get to the point. Tell me what you need. I'll mm. give you a response. And then we'll have social time later where we can talk about all the things.
1: See, that's clever. I think that's the thing because it gets all, especially when you're in business with people who you're good friends with before. Yes. That to have those boundaries, like, okay, so this is, we are now these roles. Put your hats on. That's like, so, you know, that you want to talk about the business, okay, that, and then have the social later. And then it got all mixed up because. How many times, you know, where we try to do business yes. over at my place and I, I'd, I know I create an apartment where people go, oh, I just want to lie down and oh, play music so and can you pour me some wine and can I have some more food? And I'm just going to have a little nap. And so I just create that. It's yeah. not an environment to work in. It's not. I, I do it myself. I can do it. But someone comes in, it's like social and because my love language is acts of service. So I'm like, have you, do you want something? Do you want another cup of tea? Do you want some food? You know? put a rug over you. Yeah. you
0: know? <laughs> and because <laughs> yeah. you've got your desk, so you've got a work environment there. Whereas I was on the couch and I was like, yeah. oh, I just want to snuggle up, have some of your beautiful food and wine and just yeah. go to sleep. In. Yeah,
1: yeah. So it's the, the, that's the one thing that you've taught me and still implementing as far as boundaries. They are so healthy. And the thing is, someone said to me, think of it like a pack of dogs. If there was no hierarchy and order, It's be all over the place, and also, and and also with dogs, if you don't give them boundaries, they get anxious, Mm -hmm. and they start to chew things and act out, and we on the couch, and you know they get all over the shop. But as soon as you have very clear boundaries, this is exactly what is right. This is what's not. And when you're when we're doing business, and and I've seen this with your family as well, and where where you would say to me, okay, cool, got um, I got the family waiting, gonna go, yeah. And it was—it's really good. Instead of like, oh, but it—you know—I've got to go because the other family It's like, no, I've made a decision. See ya.
0: Yeah. And, and that, at first,
1: I would be like, I like a, yeah, I, yeah. I look back and I think, well, you're a bit of a silk. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, it was but, really good. It was yeah, really it good.
0: good. And it's like, <clears throat> okay, I've given you this—this this presence and this time—and now I've got to give it to them because of what I said earlier, of how much I sacrificed time with them, and I will never do yeah, that again. Yeah. And I lost a lot of time not being mm. present, and I. it's too painful to go back to that place, too emotionally painful. Have a read of what's – just have a look at my door and have a read of the sign on my door.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I'll read it to you. It says, I'm in creation mode. Don't disturb. Text if urgent.
0: (laughs) So that's – Love heart. (laughs) (laughs) Said with love. Yes. What was happening was, you know, everyone – because I work from home, everyone would come home and, you know what, I actually – work from home. I'm mm. in work mode. So yes. do you go into people's workplaces? Like I would never go into your uh, gym yeah. and just start having a social chat while you're training team. someone. But yeah, yeah. People seem to think mm. just cause I'm at home and I'm at my desk. Oh, let's mm. have a chinwag. No, no, yeah. <laughs> I am working.
1: And it's so. good. Yeah. That's, and it's really, really healthy. And it's interesting. Something that came up before when we we're talking about being really busy. Mm-hmm. And I remember years ago, I trained this guy who, and he'd retired and we'd walk into the gym and people would say, hey, Pete, you're busy? He said, no. Nah. And the looks <laughs> on their faces. It's like, what do you mean? It's like, chilled we're going to train. We're going to have some lunch with Isaac. you, you want to join us later? Then, you know, I'm going to do this, do that. It's like, no, I'm retired. I said it. I'm not busy. And they just would throw people. And even now when people say, you're busy? And at first we're like, I don't want to respond to that. So it's like, yeah, love and life, or I don't respond to it busy because what they're actually saying is, are, are you like, do you have lots of clients? Or are you really busy? Are you successful? Can oh, you tell me you're successful? Nice insight. Because, and so sometimes people go, so you're busy. It's like, nah, a couple of clients and we're all going to go down the pub, yeah, have a few sickies, <laughs> um, you know, maybe a palmer, you know, <laughs> and uh, just hang out. You're kidding. Yeah, but it just breaks that. Don't want to get into, yeah, I'm busy. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I am successful. And that means I am okay as a person. And we just to be able to get out of that when like, you're busy. It's like,
0: that's super interesting. It's <clears> like, <throat> that's what they want to hear because they equate that to successful. Do you know what? I think this is such a great concept because I think what I would want to respond with, because I don't want to associate with that badge of honor anymore because <clears throat> it's not, it's destructive, is I'm productive. Yeah. I'm productive. Can I help you with something? Mm. Yeah, that would be cool.
1: And if you have a look at it, like the you see people who are, they've done very well for themselves and where they're not busy, and that's great.
0: Yes, because that's the goal, isn't it? mean Realistically, success is the ability to choose to do whatever you want with your time. Yes. And have the money to support that.
1: Yeah. And- if you decide to retire and, and do no work, great. And if you want to do something else that fulfills you, great as well. But it's not, I'm going to fill my day so I feel okay as a person.
0: Mm, which is what I used to do and I own that. Yeah. No more. Yeah. What a great <clears throat> conversation, mm-hmm. Isaac. I hope you've all out there got something out of this and can reframe busyness for yourself and understand what success means to you because it's all very unique to the individual and be able to put action steps into doing less and being able to reap the rewards of doing that. The one thing I want to finish off with Isaac Mm. is how do you know if you're doing too much or not enough?
1: Well, I'm glad you mentioned it because I like people to bring stuff back to how you feel. So if you're over revving, then go to your breath so you'll find you'll be chest breathing, and that's why I like to build these images in people's minds. So you go excessive tidy whitey. I don't want to be like that. Or do we go salsa? Just softer, more gentle. And you have a look at the difference, for example, between Roger Federer the way he plays tennis and Rafael Nadal. Now Nadal is just all bundle of nerves, and and hopefully he'll be okay. But I just his whole being, yeah, he does is come just,
0: across as very tense, doesn't it's he?
1: Very tense. And hopefully he hasn't worn his body out really badly. But you just see the difference between Usain Bolt running and you see the rest of the field. They look quite tight compared to him. So for people to notice, you just you take a moment and say, Have I, am I over-revving? Can I just... Dial it back. And as you said, and everyone will find you become so much more efficient. Because you know, when you're rushing, it's like, oh, I'm rushing for an appointment. Oh, you I get every red good. light, you forget your phone at home, or you, what you, you make all these mistakes that make you twice as late than if you <laughs> just gone, okay, take a moment, call the person, tell them you're going to be late, and you find you get there on time anyway because you're more relaxed. So it's just mm. that over revving. And also, when you have time, to go back, and even if you need to talk to a friend or, or to a professional, to say what is driving this, because we're treating this the over-revving as a symptom. So to come back to the cause, and the cause can be a thousand different things—physically, emotionally, or all of the above—and get back to that cause and say, ah, resolve that. Like your dad's voice in your head saying you, you'll never make anything of yourself, and so mm-hmm. you're always trying to make something That's of yourself to then counter that. So to deal with all of that, then the symptom won't be there because you've gotten rid of the driver.
0: Yeah, and that is so important for people <clears> to understand <throat> that it's it's not just an action. It's actually a psychological th- logical thing that's going on. And to just inquire into that, I think that's really profound.
1: to well- check... Uh, after you've been on social media, how do you feel? Just check in with this. Out, how do you feel? Are your thoughts feeling really good about your life? And, or have you gone into self comparison and, oh my God, I've got to be better, better, better? Because the internet is just yelling at us. All the time. so Yeah,
0: that's a whole other conversation. There's noise all over the place. But doing less uh, Mm. is a superpower if you are an overachiever and you'll find you are way more efficient if you bring yourself back to the present moment, check in with your body how it's feeling and address it, take new steps, new actions with a new mindset. You betcha. All right. Bye. Bye. We are so grateful for the feedback we get about this podcast on a weekly basis. It's literally changing lives. If you like any of these episodes or you just love the podcast, we would love it if you could share it with your friends.
1: Thanks for joining this podcast. Want to take the conversation further and learn more about how to live an energized and pain-free life as you age?
0: Then jump into our website at agerebels.com.
1: Stay tuned for the next episode of the Age Rebels Revolution.